Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7, episode 638. Today it's our weekly update on Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And for those of you tuning in on the day after April Fool's Day and wondering exactly what was true and what was not true about the story that we ran with yesterday, well, just the bit about Star Wars basically is not true, which is that Star Wars was filming on the International Space Station in July. No, no, no. Sorry, we made that all up. However, it is true that Colin Trevorrow has asked about the possibility of shooting Star Wars in space and noting the fact that IMAX stuff has been filmed in space. It is true that there is an inflatable pod that is being brought up to the International Space Station next week, and it is created by Bigelow Aerospace, a company that was founded by a guy who was a hotel magnet before he got into the aerospace industry. And the involvement of SpaceX, because it's their rocket that's going up, that's true too. A company founded by Elon Musk, and I did have a moment where I almost said that Elon Musk had negotiated to be a first order stormtrooper in episode 8 as part of this whole exchange, but I thought, eh, maybe that's taking it a little too far. It seemed like it might have been somewhat believable, but I'd love to hear what you thought about the prank. If it was particularly believable or not, or if uh, you actually want to see something like that happen, chime in at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com. Meanwhile, as far as Rogue One goes, really pretty much no breaking news about Rogue One this past week. And it's not much of a surprise considering that all signs PR-wise have been pointing to the release of The Force Awakens, which came out yesterday on April 1st on digital HD. Yes, that's actually true. Not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> and the fact that it's going to be coming out in hard copy on Blu-ray, DVD, that sort of thing on Tuesday, April 5th. So yeah, all the motion has been around The Force Awakens in that regard. And I guess we're going to have to cleanse the palate, marketing speak-wise, per se, and let The Force Awakens home release have its run before we even start talking about Rogue One. At least that seems to be the way that Lucasfilm is playing it in the final analysis. Unfortunate, of course, because it seems like they always have room for moments like this and they just haven't taken advantage of the opportunity, especially the one back in the Oscars. Ugh, that's the one that really frustrates me. However, there was some stuff about Rogue One that came up from sort of an unexpected corner of the Star Wars universe, and that was from the ending of Star Wars Rebels. And Dave Filoni was interviewed about a number of things about the ending of Season 2 of Rebels, and it also tied in, basically, I'm not saying the season ending of Rebels tied in, I'm saying the interview tied in, to things about Rogue One, and particularly how Season 3 might actually play with Rogue One. 
For starters, of course, we've heard that there are not going to be any Jedi in Rogue One, and that's been sort of a, you know, there are no magicians coming to save us or anything like that. So one of the questions that they pursued on this interview with Dave Filoni, the showrunner for Star Wars Rebels on io9.com, was about whether Ezra and Kanan, the two Jedi that appear in Star Wars Rebels, are they going to be alive during the time of the Star Wars movies, or will they be dead? Because, of course, you know, we had Yoda's comment about when Yoda's gone, the last of the Jedi you will be, as he says toward Luke Skywalker. But Filoni says, of the Jedi could be a group of Jedi. You don't know. That's not to say that I believe there are a lot of Jedi running around by Return of the Jedi. I think there are Force-wielding people, but whether they subscribe to the Jedi philosophy of how you use the Force is another question. But fans deal in absolutes, like the Sith, <laughs> he says, and then points out that there's a line where, and slight, just slight spoiler, but not really for Star Wars Rebels. Uh, it's just one line of dialogue that Ahsoka says in the Star Wars Rebel Season 2 finale. She says, I am no Jedi, but she still uses the Force and fights with two lightsabers, the Io9 story notes. She says, I am no Jedi, very clearly, Filoni explains. So if she says that, and Yoda later says, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi you will be, he's definitely not talking about her. There were so many options of lines to give in this episode, and one of them along the way of the season was that Ahsoka would mention that Yoda wouldn't think of her as a Jedi because she's not necessarily practicing that path anymore. She's still in the light side, for sure, but she's not a Jedi practitioner per se. And uh, yeah, so all I have to say <laughs> about that is, wow, that's parsing a fine line there, Dave Filoni. But you know what? I agree with him, though. I do think it's a valid point. It kind of does address the whole thing about, well, how could there be no Jedi in the period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope? Because people had to have been being born all the time with Force abilities, and people able to use them, just, you know, not necessarily being trained to be Jedi, and the Jedi are a very specific thing. So, yeah, I kind of buy it, and I'm actually surprised that we are at the point where they are making these fine delineations about it, but they're finding a way to do so and use it in an actual, you know, compelling story way. Later on in the interview, they address Rogue One more directly with the question about how are they looking at the events of Rogue One, and Filoni admitted the film's existence has been handled, quote, very, very, very carefully, unquote. This, again, is from the IO9 story. He says, in that story, in that interview, one of the most important things that has less to do with the timeline of the story itself is that I want the awesome things in Gareth's movie to be special when it comes out. I would never want our series to get ahead of that. Whatever you see in that film, with our time periods being closer, we want to make sure there are things that make sense between the two, between Rebels and Rogue One, that is. And we're very careful about that as we've been with A New Hope. Things we are doing are leading towards that. And just to put a finer point on that, and there are some comments at different points in the interview that expound on that and play into it, is the fact that the ideas for Season 3 include developing the Rebellion to a more significant point so that as Rebels continues, it has a rebellion that looks more and more like the rebellion that we eventually see in A New Hope. And Rogue One, of course, since the events of Rogue One, or at least the culmination of it, is all about the time period that happens right before Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. And we'll link to that article at the blog post for this show's episode as well, so you can check out the whole interview. Fair warning, though, there are a ton of spoilers about the ending of Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels, so if you don't want to be spoiled if you haven't seen it yet, then you'll want to avoid the article because there's no getting around it. 
Meanwhile, I'd love to hear your ideas and speculation. Considering that the Jedi are being very narrowly defined now, do you think it's possible that we will see some light side Force users in Rogue One? Share your comments at the blog post for this show's episode or on Facebook at facebook.com slash SW7X7. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, I've got a trivia question for you. Get ready! Okay, for what? Last time we asked you how many times Han Solo has not delivered for Tasu Leech of Kanja Club, and that's two. Today's question, what weapon has Han seemingly never used until he uses it in The Force Awakens? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you fire at will, Commander... Check out SW7X7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at Patreon.com SW7X7. It's not just fully armed and operational, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7 We hope you love it.